0: The Glowing Older Podcast is brought to you by Perkins Eastman, a global architecture, planning, interiors, and design firm. Perkins Eastman's team of more than 1,100 professionals across 21 offices are united in the vision that architecture should have a direct and positive impact on people's lives. To learn more, visit perkinseastman.com. Hello and welcome to
1: the Glowing Older Podcast where we interview experts on innovation in senior living. I'm your host, Nancy Griffin, and I'm so pleased to be here today with Tana Gall, President of Merrill Gardens. Welcome to the program, Tana. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. You're on my bucket list. I've seen so many of <laughs> <laughs> the um, exciting things you're doing. So before we dig into that, can you tell us a bit about your background and how you got your start in senior living?
0: Sure. I feel
1: like I'm one of those people who I got,
0: I got real lucky when I was younger. And uh, I uh, started out my career in uh, marketing and advertising at an agency and I liked it. It was a great job. It was really fun. And, uh, you know, working in a a fancy agency in downtown Seattle was, was cool. Um, And a gal I worked with had left the agency and she was selling outdoor advertising and she called on a company in senior living and uh met with their marketing director and he said you know what we don't need to buy any outdoor advertising but we're looking for a a PR sales marketing person do you know of anybody from the agency and so she called me and I I was like what what do you want me to go do and she said hey Tana trust me just go meet with these people it's really interesting And um, I was 27 years old. I had zero experience in senior living, you know, personally, professionally, but I went and met with the folks at Leisure Care and she was right. I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with their mission and what they were doing. And so I kind of took a leap of faith um, now 27 years ago. And I wish I could say, uh, no, I did all this planning and demographics were in the right direction, but no, I was in the right place at the right time. And I got connected and, um, you know, didn't know if if I would be in it for a long time. I actually kind of thought maybe this would be a short-term thing. And as I mentioned, 27 years later, I'm still here and there's nothing I would want to do more than what I'm doing today.
1: I've heard from several of the experts that I've interviewed that we need more sales and marketing-focused people at the top. Um, And clearly, we need more women at the top. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So tell us about uh, Merrill Gardens and how is it different from other senior living companies?
0: Sure. Uh, So Merrill Gardens, we are uh, based in Seattle, Washington. We have about 70 communities across 20 states right now. And we have uh, kind of a, a pretty large offering. We have some standalone small assisted living memory care. We have some standalone independent living Um, but the most of our portfolio is made up of communities that are about, you know, 120 to 150 units of independent living and then some assisted living and memory care. So, um, we, that's kind of our, our main focus. But I think what makes this kind of interesting and unique and different is the fact that we are a family owned privately held company. And, um, what I love about it is in in our industry in particular, it gives us a real long-term vision for what senior living can be. Uh, It allows us to do things a little bit differently. Our approach doesn't have to be based on, you know, quarterly earnings. It's really a long-term vision of what it can be. And the other thing I think is just interesting and fun is that our parent company, the RD Merrill um, company started in the 1890s in timber. And, um, you know, makes sense here in the Northwest. And, and so the fifth generation of that family uh, takes over the reins um, next year as the new chairman of the company. And it's a family that's just delightful to work for and work with. And you just, you don't see that in family owned companies very often to see the fifth generation taking over and as involved today as they were when they started the company, you know, 35 years ago. um, So anyway, just a super cool company. I love working here. I love working with the family. And I love the fact that we are always looking to do things different or or better um, and really improve our company in the industry. And that's where, you know, I know there's some interest in the moderately priced product we're doing, but, you know, that's given us the permission to do true wood by Merrill and kind of start this whole new line of business um, in the moderately priced market.
1: Well, that's so great. I I just heard Chip Conley keynoted the Global Wellness Institute. Um, they have a host of yearly summit. And one of the things he was saying about senior living is that it tends to be complacent, which is mm-hmm. that they have done the same thing before and they're going to do the same thing uh, in the future. And it seems like you guys have really spun off uh, and done some different things. And I know you've been uh, very verbal about solutions for the middle market. It seems like there's a lot of talk about solutions but not a lot of action <laughs> right right um, So tell us about um, True Wood by Merrill Gardens sure. and how how you're able to make it affordable
0: Sure. Um, yeah there's been a lot of talk about it because I think we all know um, you know with the demographics coming our way it's very exciting to be in our business. It absolutely is There's a lot of, of baby boomers aging into the actual time that they will move into our communities. But one of the things that's been missing is really appealing to those uh, folks that maybe don't have the wealth or the wherewithal that the previous generation has had. And so we've been thinking about it for a long time. Um, it's been kind of on the minds of the folks at Merrill on, on how can we serve this population. <clears throat> and uh, so the, the first way to be honest is, you, know, you have to be able to acquire the building at a low basis, which enables you to be more creative with your rate setting. And so we had the opportunity in the end of 2019, it closed in the beginning of 2020, to purchase um, you know, over 20 communities at a low basis and, and be able to institute a business plan of, of really marketing it toward that moderately uh, priced market. And so what that looks like in an operational model is, um, it's it's a little bit different than your traditional retirement community and but it's not less quality I, I want I want people to really be aware of that it it's uh, still high quality and I equate it to kind of the work I do I'm on the road all the time I, almost every week I'm on the road visiting our communities and I stay in you know uh, Hiltons or Hyatts or their their business. Um, hotel. So I'll stay at a a Hampton Inn. And um, that's what Truewood by Merrill is like. I get a great night's sleep. It is clean. It is um, exactly what I want it to be. There is a dining program there. There's just not a lot of people. I'm not going to get things made to order, but I'm going to get a good meal in the morning before I go. And that's what we do at Truewood. So um, we took every single department and and honestly every single line item in our budget and we saw how can we still provide quality but do it at a price point that makes sense so our dining looks a little bit different um, instead of uh, coming down at any time to have breakfast you come down during a set time and you get a good variety of breakfast food but you just don't get it made to order so every day we're going to have some hot uh, protein. So you're going to have maybe scrambled eggs and sausage one day. Another day you may have omelets and bacon. Um, you'll always have something like that, but you wouldn't be able to come down and say, "I'll have two eggs over easy." It's not made to order. And then uh, what that does is it enables us to kind of really focus in on still doing quality food, but we don't need a lot of people in the kitchen to produce that. And um, we also don't need a lot of the dining labor to go take the orders and take them back. And, and you you just, you don't have as much of that. Our noon meal, which in most of our communities, they've selected that to be their main meal, looks just like any other traditional retirement community. Made to order, lots of specials. Um, really, it's it's a good dining time. I like to look at that as that's, that's the community time too. That's when there's a lot of fellowship going on. And it looks just like going to your a, a restaurant. And then at dinner, it's a little bit more scaled back version, very similar to what we're doing in breakfast, where you will have fewer choices. They will be quality, but just not the um, the labor there that's making things made to order or you know taking specific um, requests. And so that really has been kind of the the where we started on on reducing the the price point in in Truewood. And a lot of that came from focus groups that we did prior to rolling out the model on asking residents and asking family members, if we're gonna provide a moderately priced product, what are the must haves and what are the like to haves? And so that we can really decipher through what those things are and come up with a program we think will work for everybody. Sorry, I get excited, I just kept talking there.
1: No, it's, it's great. <laughs> and, and it's, I think it's really important for people to understand that it can be done um and and that it can be done based on what the residents truly want and and not and not everything under the sun right yeah and, yeah, and i think and just being really honest on on managing expectations of what that
0: looks like uh people are people are I, I feel just this immense amount of support people want us to be able to have this work and it's it's really the there's this demographic coming down the pike that is just you know that's the kind of the money they have. There's also this real practical shopper that doesn't necessarily want all the bells and whistles, and they're perfectly happy with with our Hampton Inn style of of senior living. Um, that are happy to to have fewer um, of the fancy things and more of just the 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 things that matter to them.
1: Yeah, I mean, like with Hampton Inn, it's all about the comfortable bed and Absolutely. You know, right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> because Absolutely. when you're spent. When you're spending the night, that's the most important thing. Right? <laughs> that's
0: exactly right.
1: Yep. So to segue to a, a broader focus, uh, what are some of the trends that you're seeing in senior living and aging services?
0: Well, I am, you know, we, we're talking about it now. I am seeing a lot of interest in finding ways to serve this, this moderately um, priced um, senior. So that's that's a big thing right now. I think you know what was interesting in the last couple of years is how we had to uh, pivot as an industry with the pandemic. You know, so I don't know if we're seeing a trend in that. I think it kind of took us off, off our game a little bit, and uh, we had to kind of reevaluate what we were doing and how we were doing it. And I think we will continue to um, fine tune that. You know, I, I hope we never have to go through that again, but uh, it, it certainly was in some ways, really, I, I was impressed with, with our industry and what we did and how we, how we managed through it. And I have to say, I've never felt more proud to be a part of a industry that we took care of each other. You know, we obviously took care of our companies, but we took care of each other too. So I think some of the other uh, trends that I'm seeing are, you know, there's still, there's so much out there on technology, um, on, um, you know, on both sides, on both the, the resident engagement side, as well as um, on the team member and employee side. And uh, it'll be, I think, interesting to watch and see what is sustainable, what what continues and what we will continue to see evolve there. Um, and then I think the other thing I would say is our industry is broadening. Um, you know, there's a lot of active adult that's being developed right now. And I believe that will be part of our spectrum of senior living that we haven't necessarily up to this point considered much, um, you know, in the industry, but they are definitely um, they're out there now. And it is to me, it's another interesting option. There's plenty of people out there to serve. This is just another interesting option for them to to take a look at. So I see that as a a evolving um, trend in senior living.
1: Well, I was just um, interviewing Len Fishman, um, who used to be in charge of the gerontology program at um, UMass uh, Mm -hmm. Boston, Um, and he was saying that uh, in the old days, in in the late 60s, 70s, when assisted living first came about, that it was a younger resident that's now skewing a lot older. And so it seems like you're talking about a renaissance of younger, um, older adults, if you will, looking at... um, building at, um, living in community. Absolutely.
0: And I, I saw that too, you know, um, it, it, yeah, it's just moved. It was, um, independent living back in the day when I got into the business was, was truly that independent living. And now I think that resident is the one that's moving into active adult and you see kind of the, the, a little more frail, a uh, person that's still independent living and independent living. It just it's it's skewed a little bit through the years, and it makes sense. Um you see how that happens. I the number is always, you know, how old they are has always been um, kind of interesting to me because um you know, people are living longer and healthier too. So that number does increase.
1: I see what you mean. that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. So are you finding wellness is a big component of the active and independent living? Yeah, it
0: is. I I would say, um, you know, kind of the expectations in our communities um, are there today versus, you know, when I was developing communities, even like, you know, like 15, 20 years ago, we were putting gyms in and they were nice and they were equipped really well and they weren't necessarily getting the usage. But in our minds, we were trying to build for that next senior. And now today, that's definitely an expectation is that not only will you have a gym in there, but you'll have access to uh, personal training and you'll have classes. And, um, you know, nowadays having physical therapy on site uh, to get people, you know, well, uh, that's an expectation today. And I think that was a, we were being more aspirational. Um not all that long ago, and now it's an expectation, sort of like Wi-Fi in the buildings. That was something that, uh, you know, we were pretty late to the game and putting that into the buildings, and now, if you don't have it, you're out of luck.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is is the foundation, yeah. um, which segues nicely into my next question. Because, okay. Um, what sorts of technologies are you seeing? Uh, you mentioned um, the uh, technologies for streamlining operations for the staff and improving... Yeah. The lives of the residents. So specifically, what what kind of technologies are are getting you excited these days? Well, the thing
0: I got the most excited about in the last year, um, uh, Merrill Gardens, we had the opportunity to work um, with Google and create a Google Nest Hub that was designed specifically for seniors. And so we, you know, talk about timing. We were able to roll that out um, right at the beginning of 2020. And so right before the pandemic began, we had, so it wasn't because of the pandemic, we already had it in the, in the works, but we were able to roll out these Google Nest Hubs that became a lifeline once the pandemic started. And for me, it's just been so fun to watch our residents um, really utilize the heck out of these, um, these Google Nest Hubs. For the obvious, um, which was, uh, you know, when they come to the resident, we program them with, I think it's 12 other contacts. So all they have to do is hit a button and it'll call their daughter, call their friend, call their son. Um, So the communication part was sort of a a given. We knew that that would be popular. But it's been really fun to talk to residents about the other ways they use it. And like I said, they they are, uh, I've got one resident who said she has watched and listened to more um, operas around the world than she ever dreamed she'd be able to through her Google Nest Hub, and then you know I'll talk to another resident who's like i mostly just like the joke of the day, <laughs> and, so, oh, and it's kind of everything in between. And you know when they couldn't leave their apartments for a while, um, we had residents that were like still having happy hour with their neighbors through their Google Nest Hub, and I thought wow that's pretty amazing because that's what I'm doing with my girlfriends at home on Zoom, and so. That was really a, a great um, technological play for us that was very successful. And does that mean that every resident uses it all the time? Nope. It's just like, they're, they're just people like, like you and me. Some of us use technology more than others, and we're going to get more out of it. Others use it for the basics, and it's it's handy for them too. But that, from a resident standpoint, has been really great. Um, on the team member side, you know, we're, we we work really hard to, to have kind of one system where everything goes into so that we're not doing a lot of duplicate of entry and then see what we can tag onto that in order to help make people's jobs more efficient. Um, Because, you know, labor right now is our number one concern. And so trying to make their jobs easier, you know, we're trying to do that through technology. And anytime I'm approached um, by anyone who's, you know, wanting to share their technology with me, that's my first question is, how is it going to make my team's job easier, more efficient, better um, than, than not having it? So we, you know, we use it for um, scheduling. We use it, obviously, in our clinical, um, on our EHR and our EMRs. You know, we, we're we looking at all different kinds of, of, of ways to use it on the HR front. We have a few different systems that we're testing. Um but there, it's uh, it's always evolving. It
1: feels like you kind of just get it figured out, and then there's something new to look at. Yeah, and the integration part is is a big piece of it, right? <laughs> it's a it's a huge piece of it, and that's where
0: we we do kind of spend a lot of our time. Is really if if it can't integrate and integrate easily, then then we kind of have to pass on it because there you you see you know the last thing I want to see is. Um, to walk into one of our communities and have got all these different computer screens because one handles, you know, the e-call system and one handles something else. And and that's just more systems that people have to try to keep up with. So the integration, like you said, is just really, really important.
1: And Tana, you mentioned that staffing is huge for the entire industry. And um, clearly you must be doing a great job because you're growing and and you're staffing. Um, So what are some of the ways you're attracting and retaining your staff?
0: You know, I, ho- I hope we're doing a good job. We're sure trying, but it is, um, it is a challenge in 100% of my communities. Anytime I talk to a general manager, that is their number one concern. So, one of the ways, and it kind of goes back to our conversation about Truewood by Merrill, part of our operating platform, what makes it work is a very much cross trained employee. So, when we created the model a couple of years ago, we called it a a Truewood rep, which is a resident experience partner. And so what that means is very rarely will we hire somebody to come in and be one thing, like just to be a server. You may apply for a job to be a server. And when you come in and meet with us, we talk to you about other things that you might potentially do for us. And we cross train people. So maybe they're, um, a server for four hours a day when we need them at that important lunch period time. And then two hours a day, they might answer the phone and they may end their last two hours doing an activity. And so um, the more cross trained someone becomes in a rep position, they have the opportunity to make more money because they become more valuable to me to be able to tap them, to go do different things. And my hope, my goal is that this is a real way for us to career path some of the people who may have never even considered doing something more than coming in and being a dishwasher, because that's we need we need so many more people in the next few decades, couple decades. That um, I want to take the people we've got that have shown some interest and show them that there's more to this industry than what they're just seeing in their one position. Um, you know, if, if I hadn't done um, you know a hundred things in this in this uh, industry, I don't think I'd be as excited as I am today. But it's been fun to watch and see how it has worked. So um, the kind of the added benefit to it is, you know, we like it because you're going to get a more cross-trained employee. So maybe you can cut out a little agency, you can cut about cut out some overtime. The benefit that I didn't see is the job satisfaction that people have gotten from just coming in and, and their day is different. I, I can't imagine somebody telling me to come to work and do the same thing for you know eight hours or six hours or whatever it is. Um, this makes their day go a lot faster and they're finding ways that they're being exposed to stuff they never would have considered doing. So we had a dishwasher in one of our communities who was, he was a fine dishwasher. He was, he was fine. He did a good job. Um, but we said, hey, would you be interested in learning a little bit more about maintenance? And we made him... Uh, an assistant maintenance tech. And he has blossomed. So he's even happier doing his dishwashing job because he loves doing this maintenance thing too. And it just breaks up his day a little bit. So that's my hope is that I can have more people like him that, you know, are someday trying to be in my job. I, I think it would be really cool to have some of those stories.
1: and Especially women, right? You know, there's yes. not enough women at the top. Absolutely. That
0: and um, we, you know, we've also like a lot of of companies have and should have really embarked on our DEI strategy as well. And because I am proud as an industry that we are very diverse, but not at every single level. So that's the other thing, too, is is grabbing those those stars that we see that have so much potential and future growth and bringing them into leadership positions as well. So I think there's a, a lot of ways. That this could be very beneficial to our company and, and a lot of companies out
1: there. Yeah, it's interesting that cross training, um, how it really is um, so related to career path. I interviewed Susan Ryan from Greenhouse yeah. Project, and she does the same thing. And she said exactly what you said—that it contributes to employee satisfaction, and they get more skill sets, and they're more engaged. Yeah. And I, you, you'd think more more companies would be would be doing this. You know, I think we used to back in the day, we 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 call I mean, it's
0: not like we've not done it before, but we called it the universal worker. And I feel like we kind of plugged them in and they were like um, just like maybe the the lower level of the employee. And I think what we've done is we've elevated that to a very important part of the employee group. And so I agree. I think it's definitely the way of the future
1: one of the things that's so exciting about senior living for me coming from hospitality Uh is that, um, that it's not like that Disney theater, like you can't bring yourself to work. You're encouraged to bring yourself to work. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. Yep.
1: So I think that creates a a lot of satisfaction, which is, is great. And meaning and purpose and all the things we talk about. Yep. So that's really great. Well, Tana, what gets you most excited these days? Well, probably just that. I mean, to me, there's
0: nothing more fulfilling um, for me than, than seeing the people that I've worked with or hopefully had, you know, a little piece of um, watching them in their uh, careers and growing in their careers. And I just, I get, I just get super excited because the industry is, you know, we're still a relatively new industry in our infancy and we are about to see a, uh, an explosion that we've never seen before. And so, so I'm excited about that to be able to serve these seniors. But even more so, I'm just excited about the people that the young people today that are going to get exposed to an industry that they can make a, a difference. I guess that's why I love it so much. Is that in my role, um, you know, I'm not in the buildings every day. I'm in the buildings a lot, but I still feel like I can make a difference and make somebody's life a little bit better every day. And um, and that for this millennial group that's, that's coming up through the ranks now, that's extremely meaningful for them. So I get excited about the thought that we're going to be able to provide careers to these people that are, that are just going to be, uh, they're, they're, going to, they're going to be so fulfilled and they're going to do such a great job. And um, so I get excited about, about that too, about the people that are coming into this industry that are going to make a difference. They're going to make a change and it's going to matter.
1: Well, Tana, your enthusiasm and passion is such the opposite of complacency. (laughs) I love, I love what I do. I thank goodness. I've been
0: doing it a long time.
1: Well, I can't thank you enough for joining me today. It's um, really exciting to talk with you and I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. Well, it's my pleasure.
0: I I really thank you for the, for, for hosting me. It was, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yep. Have a great day. You've been listening to the glowing older podcast.